This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr. Dot Commer on WEI.com. Patriots beat the Bills 14 to 10 in a uh, weird game. Three passes. Obviously, everybody knows that by now. Windy conditions. Um, just a weird game, but Patriots come out with a win on the road. Hostile environment. Another uh, check. Box, so to speak. The Patriots go into a hostile environment, win, prove they can do that. Just, I guess, overall thoughts. There's plenty to get to. So just go, go ahead. Uh, yeah, there's lots to get to. I deemed this um, on Sunday when I did a show on our station with Fitzy. I did deemed this the yeah, but removal game. Like, if you go into Buffalo, these conditions, this, like, there's no yeah, but. Like, no, that's a really good win, really impressive win. And then to see how the game played out and what the conditions actually were. Um, I'm actually with Sean McDermott and we can get into this a little bit earlier, uh, later, but, um, can't get into it a little bit earlier. We just started, uh, the fact that he said this, this isn't really about Bill Belichick. I a hundred percent agree. This is about the Patriots team kicking the living crap out of the bills physically, physically, just lining up five offensive linemen, the extra offensive linemen. I'm sorry, running the football 46 times against a team that knows you have to run it, want to run it. And there was some good fortune. Like I, I think the, I think the, the Damian Harris run changed everything. I don't know how that game plays out. If you're not playing from ahead eight, nothing. Mm-hmm. And the way that unfolded after that, because they were struggling to run the football. That was, mm-hmm. it was tackles for a loss. It was no yardage. And then he breaks that changes everything. But I don't know this, like, if you want to talk Belichick's a genius, greatest ever, whatever, blah, 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 for the season, I'm happy to have that conversation. But for this game, they ran the ball 46 times. The running And Ramondre Stevenson, to me, gets as much credit as anybody. He didn't have the 64-yard run. Ramondre Stevenson had some of the toughest runs you will see against that Bills front. So full credit, um, you know, I was kind of joking all week. Oh, everybody says the Patriots are going to run the ball, even though the Bills average more yards per game. Nope. Patriots ran the ball, kicked the living crap out of the Bills. And I think not just took the win. I think you may have seen the beginning of the end of the Sean McDermott. They're toast. Yeah. They're toast. I, I think they're not going to make the playoffs. He'll come back next year. I think the buy-in factor is going to be. With less or without than- Brian Dable called him out last night. Right. Um, he, he I think McDermott is dangling by a, he's, he's like one of those teeth you wiggle as a kid and it's got one little string. 
he's 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 dangling. He's ready to be pulled from Buffalo because he it's so funny. Uh, you got to give him credit for what he's done. And that's mm-hmm. taken a team that didn't go to the playoffs basically for two decades. And he's made it a consistent playoff team slash playoff contender. Got the quarterback, the whole thing. But now the bottom is falling out. He's a terrible game day coach. He said that to the podcast beginning. He stinks in game. Always a dumb challenge, dumb timeouts last night. They had no, they had one timeout late in the game because they used the one of the stupid challenge. That, I don't know where he thought there's going to be any evidence to find where Mac Jones was. They used another timeout. So they had one timeout late. He's on the sidelines bitching to the refs every three seconds. Maybe it got him two calls on those personal foul penalties. But still, he's he's a terrible in-game coach. But you're right. Give him credit for changing the culture. But when it comes to in-game, he stinks. Yeah, and I think maybe this is one of those where, like, if you're a Bills fan, he's taken it as far as he can take it. He he laid the foundation. He, he did the rebuild. Now somebody else is going to take it the next step if they're going to go the next step. But screw the Bills. Let's talk about the Patriots. Um, I think this legitimized them. Like, So you had the Chargers game, the road win. Okay, that was a good one. Then you had this stretch of games against, you know, banged up opponents, teams without their best. Like, this is a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, that their floundering isn't your fault. You actually contributed to their floundering. This is a team that's supposed to be among the best in the AFC. And you physically, mentally, emotionally, executionally just kick the living, you know what, out of them. And this is where I have jumped on. Maybe I'm late to the bandwagon. Like, I'm sorry, this is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I still don't know that they'll go. I still have doubts, the rookie quarterback thing, but who's better? Like who who's better in the AFC? Who's no one's playing better. So don't, you know, we can't even have no, that. You, you can't say that. It's more projecting how things will look in a month in, in January. Right. And and that's a long time. A month of regular season football and then a series of playoff games. Well, then is- just look at the scares they got in the last five minutes of the game. Judon and Adrian Phillips get hurt. Seems like they're both okay. But for a couple of seconds there, you're thinking you could lose two of your top five defensive players. Then who knows what happens? If you lose Phillips, Judon, and Damian Harris, well, let's just pack it in. <laughs> like, much. I mean, defense, run the ball, everything you do takes a massive hit. So, um, okay, so we started off very positive, but there's also a little backlash weirdness to this win. Um, like, Mac didn't do anything. He literally didn't do anything. And, and that's fine. Like, he, he didn't have to do anything. He shouldn't have done anything. There's still people, a box left for him to check. 100%. The game, once again, was played on his terms, his team's terms. I even think the Patriots were probably surprised with the way the game played out, that they were, like Bill mentioned this morning, you know, could have if we if you know things were different and we needed to throw in the fourth quarter who knows blah I think blah, it was blah a shot at the bills being like they just couldn't stop us so why change it exactly and people are giving mac jones credit oh he shows he has no ego and doesn't wait you thought he was going to just say bleep you josh i'm throwing on this well, play well, like, i don't want to get off on a tangent but you think tom brady would approve that game plan uh yeah in that oh, situation no chance no uh, way. in that situation i think no. he would have no, he would have said, I can throw the screen, I can throw a screen, the I can throw some slants. Like they would have thrown, they would have thrown the ball the same as the Bills did. There's no way Tom Brady no chance. would throw. No chance. You think you, you think 40, they would have thrown the ball 30 times? Not 30, but like Josh Allen. The Bills threw it 30 times or something. So was, yeah, I do then. I do. I think Brady would have thrown it more than three times. You think because they would have had more faith in you, his ability. You think Brady at 40 years old would have say, all right. 
I'll th- I'll, I don't need to throw the ball 10 times. It's good. As long as we win the game. No, In that sh- situation. Yes. No. I absolutely. No. How did this turn into a, a Brady fight? You never see these coming. Um, I absolutely think he probably would have thrown it like 10 times. No, there would have been some screens and some plans. If, You're right. if Josh went to him on Monday and said, you know what, Tom, the weather sucks. Like we're just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Like, you're not going to throw it all. He would have said, what do you mean? I could throw slants. I could throw screens. Like, no no chance. 40 or maybe, maybe 25, 30-year-old Tom Brady says okay. But 40-year-old Tom Brady, no bleeping way. Yeah. I uh, This slander, again, usually I'm all for ripping Brady and criticizing Brady. But I think he would have taken the win. And, okay, forget about the specifics of the quarterback, maybe. Yeah. That is, I, I thought it's interesting, what we're discussing here not you so much, but more me was, was Devin McCourty's takeaway. Like, that's why I love this team. You know, whatever the situation we're going to try to, he didn't say we're going to win. We're going to try to do what we think we need to, to win. And I think they would have done that. You know, yes, it's different with Mac Jones and Tom Brady, a, the experience, I'm not even talking about ego, but the experience factor, the trust we, we still, I mean, first of all, Mac looked cold. I thought from warm up straight on through, he looked cold. He was, he was wearing the weird scuba thing, but it was kind of baggy, not tight like usually. And then he kept, it kept bothering him because it kept coming untucked in the back and he kept like tucking it. Ooh, as a draft in here, I got to tuck this back in. Um, he looked cold, but I think when you're going to, when you, when you're running the ball like that and controlling the other team, like the Patriots, I mean, I look at a couple ways in one sense, Stefan Diggs dropped a touchdown that changed the game, Tough um, but yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think he's an all pro receiver. Isn't he supposed to make tough catches? Like yes. his quarterback made a tough throw back. Yep. Um, but then the flip side of it to me is, well, Nikhil Harry gave him a touchdown and the officials gave him a field goal. They didn't really score like right. on their own. They didn't earn anything. They didn't really move the ball until like the fourth quarter. Right. So um, I just think the Patriots, like the fronts, the, the offensive. It's funny because a week after they didn't, they couldn't run or stop the run against the Titans. And Devin McCourty acknowledged that they couldn't stop the run against the Titans, not that they wanted to let the Titans run all day long, just for those that believe that was the game plan. Um, a week after they couldn't match up in the trenches against the Titans, they kicked the the hell out of the Bills. So Which, um, you think it's more of the Patriots imposing their will and, you know, dominating the trenches, like, taking things on their terms, is it more them doing that or the Bills being soft like we kind of talked about going into the game? I'm going to be positive and give it to the Patriots. But, yes, the, the Bills are soft as puppy poo. If you need any more example, just look at their head coach and their safeties bitching and whining post-game. McDermott, and, and that's where I think McDermott leads them down a road, the screaming on the sidelines and all that. Um, the safeties, are you embarrassed by giving up 222 yards and 40? You should – Obviously, and people me, are uh, people are coming to the fence of them saying that the reporter asked a stupid question, made it about him. Like there, he phrased it like it is. No team has has won a game running the ball as much as the Patriots did in seventy years. Do you find that embarrassing? That I feel like weren't some of the Patriots players asked about their run defense being embarrassing last week? Yes, yes, hundred percent. And they didn't react like that. See, I think if you want to give attitude to that question, the attitude is. Obviously, you think we like to give up that? Like the attitude is that's a dumb question because it's obvious we are embarrassed. We like, but they went the other way. Like it was unprofessional disrespect. Like, yeah, they that right there is symbolic. I think of who they are and what they are right now. And 
they are not in a good place. And the Patriots are because the Patriots are in first place in the division, first place in the AFC, number one seed. We all saw this coming. I predicted this, I believe, in August, I'm sure, that the Patriots would be the number one seed. Sure did, yep. <laughs> no, I just did like say John, they'd have just like John o. Smith, team MVP. I said they'd have nine wins. You did. I thought at the end of the season, not at their bye week, but um, now I, I don't want to just pencil in wins because, okay, they still have a rookie quarterback, but – now you have to wonder if they're just going to run the table here and finish the season with an 11 game winning streak and have 13 wins and all that. Like, you all look, right. okay, go ahead. You look, you well, look uh, skeptical. I want, I want to get to like, it's a bigger picture point. Are the Patriots that good or is the rest of the league just that bad? And the Patriots just capitalize. They just don't make mistakes and just capitalize on other teams' mistakes. And Bill Belichick out coaches the other, the other team's coach. Like that's- uh, can I add one more question? Does it matter? No, it doesn't. The end result is 14 to 10. Doesn't matter how you got there. The end result is nine and four. Doesn't really matter at this point how you got there. It's funny because all the uh, pissy Patriots fans who got mad when you said uh, the Parcells quote, you are what your record says you are at two and four. Now they're saying they are what their record says they are, the best team in football. It's funny how that works when it suits their argument, their Parcellian philosophies come to the forefront. Um, Cause we'll get into that in a minute because Patriots fans, a certain portion of them are as bitchy as they've ever been in their entire lives. Um, but I mean, do I think other teams are flawed? hundred percent. Do I think it's not a great year? Certainly in the AFC hundred percent, but again, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you win the Super Bowl by shocking the world and beating the greatest show on turf dynasty that's supposed to begin, or you win the Super Bowl by beating the Rams in an ugly performance. Yeah. History just shows you got a ring and you added to it. And then put a pin in this. I want to talk about it in a minute because I want to continue with your point. But um, I think what Bill Belichick is doing is more impressive than when Tom Brady did a year ago. So Belichick's getting last laugh. But go ahead. Continue with your idea that the Patriots aren't very good. No, it's not that they're not very good. I just don't think they're as good as – they're not They're not a nine and, and four team. I think that they're, they're playing well in a flawed year with teams that – aren't very good, are self-destructing, have head coaches that stink. And so when you put Bill Belichick up against Zach Taylor, Brendan Staley, Sean McDermott, he's going to win games, especially with, with quarterbacks and other teams just making mistakes left and right, that they, ha- they have the formula to win. Don't, they said it last night, Mac, Mac Jones said, if we don't turn the ball over, we probably win the game. And I think that's what they're preaching every single week. And I don't know in another year, dominant teams in the division in the conference if you can win games like that but they're doing it this year and it works for them so i like do i think they're a super bowl team no i still don't but i think that they can advance deep into the playoffs just because it's such a flawed conference with teams that stink and as long as they don't make mistakes they'll continue to win and they have good fortune right now i mean that's just the reality I'm sorry, when I watched the beginning of that game and they run a toss to Damian Harris and he drops the toss, but he picks it up and stumbles out of bounds and then they hand it to Matt Breida and he just, for whatever reason, misses it and the ball just drops on the ground and Lawrence Guy picks it. Like, there's some good fortune there because both running backs screwed up. Both, Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of which, the flaw with history and just going by the written history, you go to the game book, it says bad handoff, Josh Allen. Like, that was a bad handoff. That, that's on Josh Allen. That's a bad the, handoff. The, the Harris, the, I guess the fumble goes to Mac Jones. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's like a zero-yard runner. So, yeah. Like, there's some flaws in the uh, game books and statistics. But my point would be both teams made a major mistake. Only one 
had it cost them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so there's some good luck involved with what's going on with the Patriots. But I would point to, you know, the comparison's been made all year 2001. You go back and watch the details of that season, the number of good luck plays, good fortune plays. And I think that would be an exercise you could do with every single, I mean, Tom Brady won the NFC title game while throwing three interceptions in the fourth quarter, I believe. Yeah. So there's some luck involved. involved. Like, you know, complimentary football, part of complimentary football is, is a little bit of luck and timing and good fortune. But I would also argue you make your luck. Now, last night's fumble, they didn't really do anything. But I do find it interesting when Bill said a couple weeks ago, you know, we got to mid-October and we realized we, we were turning the ball over. We were fumbling the ball too much on offense and not forcing fumbles on defense. So we made it a, a, a factor in our practices. We, and not surprisingly, there's been some benefit to it. The, you spend a lot of time with DBs punching at running backs. Well, running backs are going to do a better job holding on to the ball and DBs are going to do a better job punching the ball out, right? Just that's yeah. how, what is it? Practice execution becomes game reality. Woo, yes. new one. Been yep. hearing that for decades. Uh, so, but again, the fact that you're on the field against a good offense and a good quarterback with Sean Davis and Miles Bryant and, and for a portion, Joe Juan Williams, also, although he was the one who should have been beat for the oh, touchdown to Diggs. Um, like it's impressive. I, I don't, is it sustainable? I guess. Is it, is it sustainable against, cause we, so we saw him beat the chargers. And then we saw him beat the Bills. They're two impressive wins, mm-hmm. given everything that goes into them. That's however far apart that was, a month apart, month and a half yeah. apart. You have to, In the playoffs, you have to do that seven days apart. You have to beat two good teams, have good fortune, whatever, seven days apart. So is that sustainable in that environment? I guess that's where quick, you would question it. Quick question, too, though. Obviously, the elements changed the way the game played out and all that. On a normal night in Buffalo, with the weather not being an issue, do you still think the Patriots win that game? Uh, well, no. Oh, you and I are douches because we picked against them. I forgot. I know. It's really terrible. We're douches for picking a team that had four chances from inside the 20 to do exactly what we said and win the football game. Or, you know, if Stefan Diggs catches the ball. We're douches because we had the audacity to think that could happen. That, that kind of goes along with your later point that, you know, everything is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Patriots nations filled with bitches, or I would, I wouldn't say filled actually, let me take a small portion of Patriot nation. Uh, 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 vocal portion. Yes. Vocal bitches, special, uh, Twitter, vocal, social media, vocal portion yeah. of fans. Um, where was I before I went off on our douche? I, no, I was just saying on, if the weather wasn't an issue, do you still oh, think yeah. the win that game? I, I think it's a challenge. Uh, Cause right. I, I think that, Bill's- that's kind of where I'm, where I'm getting at. Like, Yes, what they did was very impressive. You just can't count on that happening the next time you play them in Foxborough in the playoffs against a good team. Like, yes, that was good. But you still you still don't know if Matt can come back from a deficit. You still don't know if Matt can throw in the weather and win a game for you. So there are still questions to be answered, and I don't know what those answers are yet. But I would also say I don't know that about the competition either. And I feel like as much as you're right, everybody's flawed. There's flaws here, flaws that blah, blah, blah. We're starting to check off, as you said, boxes. Like, I do know that if the Patriots need to run the football and play a physical game, they have pretty good chances. I feel pretty good about their chances. Like, I do know if turnovers are going to decide a game, 
they're probably going to win that game. Mm -hmm. Like you're starting to check off some, you're not going to have them all checked off because you're right. Like uh, that's one thing fans got mad at me about. I said, you learned nothing more about Mac Jones last night. You did not learn a thing. And that's fine. You didn't need to. Right. That's totally different thing, but you didn't learn anything. And it gets back to the Edelman thing, you know, adversity down X number of points in a certain situation, whatever. Um, But there's a, there's no saying you ever have to prove that. That right. you might, you're starting to get to a like the number of games shrinks where you say, well, we haven't seen Mac come di- come back from down 14, nothing. Well, you only have um, what seven or eight chances to see that now. <laughs> right. Like if you were, in, you may not need to see that. And we keep talking about opposition being flawed. Well, maybe the Patriots keep playing games on their terms. Maybe they keep scoring first, winning the turnover battle, winning the field position battle whatever those chances may be. So even though they didn't win the field position battle really last night, they just won the game. Yeah. Uh, quick uh, on Sean McDermott. He sucks as a coach. We already talked about it, but I just want to go on the list like of things like that. They're self-destructing in Buffalo. He basically, I don't, he got so defensive when a notion was raised that he got outcoached by Bill Belichick. Like, yes, you, you probably did. That's okay. He's the greatest coach of all time. Just, you don't need to admit it, but just don't get so defensive and wrap yourselves up with getting so defensive over it that you you look bad by doing it. He reminds me a little bit of the coaching version of Peyton Manning. I can remember vividly being in the Gillette locker room, so vividly I couldn't tell you the exact date or anything, but standing in front of his locker after another loss, he had thrown a couple picks. It might have been the Ty Law three-pick game or whatever, and Manning's literally like red. He's pulling at his, his tie is it hot in here? He's like, like you could visibly see him shaken. And I, that's what Sean McDermott looks like to me. I know his face was red from the wind chill. His face was red. Cause he's embarrassed. He doesn't know what to do. He's mm-hmm. and he, you know, the, the way he's talking about bill. And, you know, if you told me we were going to do X, Y, and Z, well, I'd tell you, you probably lose. If you're not taking advantage of field position, if you're not scoring in the red zone, you're going to lose. So yeah, he, um, and then indirectly calling out Dable and the play calling. And then he had the quote where he was asked about um, the players being inactive, the punt returners. He said, we didn't trust them being back there. And then one of them, Isaiah McKenzie, quote tweeted one of the tweets with like an emoji. Like, what are you doing? No. Well, you know what I would say? It's another example of they're all the same. And by they, I mean the coaches when there's pressure, when they lose. We saw it with Bill last year. Bill didn't handle it well, started making excuses, started saying things. We're like, huh, Bill doesn't usually say things like that. Yeah, because when the heat is on, most of them just sort of flounder around in the butter in the frying pan. Like they don't, they're not, they don't handle it well. It's it's hard to do. I even saw, you know, like not even saw, like another example, Urban Meyer this week. Um, but they the were James getting Robinson killed. thing. Yeah, and it's like, like, why was he out there? Well, you know, we had a rotation and I think, you know, it the doesn't seem like a good coach. idea. Yeah, he puts it on the running backs coach, and then the reporter goes, Well, that doesn't seem like a, a smart plan. And he goes, I agree. It's like we're just pointing fingers, we're scrambling. Like, but this is what pressure does to these coaches, and they all they all generally falter under it. But I, I did think, do you think Bill a hundred percent believes because he's been selling uh vocally, publicly, the you know, difference between last year and this year? better players, like just very simple. Does he firmly like, and is that like, is that a shot at cam or is that just across the roster? Is that? Yes. I think he believes it. I think it's more of a, uh, self like 
he's admitting that he sucked last year building that team. Right. right? And the, well, like, no, no, no. He didn't suck building the team. It was a rebuilding year. It was a bridge year. They right. weren't invested like they no, had. I been. shouldn't say that, but like they had some things going against them with players opting out. Like they just, I think that's the admission that his roster last year was, was bad. And that's Cam Newton, certainly part of that. And I think that, yes, he spent all that money this year, but yeah, the biggest difference, he always comes back to the players, the players, the ones that make the plays. So yes, that the biggest difference is last year's players weren't good. They're better this year. Well, I wish the public would do a little bit more of that because I do think Belichick's game plan last night and coaching is a little overblown. This was a game that I thought the players actually stepped well, up. And I also I thought this during the game, like Bill was getting all the credit for the the offensive game. What about Josh? Like, right? Isn't Bill working with the defense? Like, I'm sure he had some say in it, but why isn't Josh being mentioned in that at all? Yeah, that would be my frustration. And Vrabel used to actually articulate this as a player, like. When it goes well, it's Bill. When it goes poorly, it's the players, not mm. like equal shares of everything good and bad. Um, but that's where I would get back to what I said earlier, the the Brady-Belichick thing. Like, I do think when you combine the offseason with the then um, execution of those players, this is way more difficult than what Tom did, way more impressive. Um, all those that said, you know, Brady won, Belichick zero, and I, I – you know, the mutts of the world will only say it's 1-1 if he wins the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. This is freaking impressive. Like, rookie quarterback, all these free agents probably got lucky. I can't imagine you did or had, like, personality tests and 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 knew they were all going to fit together perfectly, energy. And, and, like, I think you got really fortunate with the, the mosaic, as he says, of building the football team. But I also got to give him credit that – putting this roster together from March and April and then executing it and winning it at a high, probably a higher rate or than, than even he might've thought. Um, my guess is he thought they were a playoff team or I'm not sure he thought they were a number one seed. But my guess is he thought they'd be like, we kind of thought fighting for a playoff spot come December, like in the mix for sure. But no, and, a number one seed, no way. And, and I think he probably thought what you're talking about would allow them to get into the playoffs. Like, We'll just make less mistakes than the other middle of the pack teams. We'll coach it better. We'll game plan it better. And that, we'll get in. We'll That's kind of what my bigger point when I say that is like, it's good enough to be a wild card team, but in a normal year, it's not good enough to be a number one seed, which they are now. So like, that's, that's where, where I'm getting at. Like what they're doing is fine. It's just because of the year that they're in now it's allowing them to be the number one seed, not necessarily because they're that good. So do you think they're being set up for, and this is a long ways away. We talked about it. You're talking about a month of football, a bye week, like so much can happen. Yep. But do you think, feel like they're setting up for maybe a disappointing, like, no question. Oh, yep. get excited there. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking this last night. This is setting up perfectly, not perfectly. This is setting up for them to be the number one seed, get, get a first run by everyone's getting hyped up, and then get, play on the divisional round against the Titans and lose. Right. A team like the Titans or the Chiefs that have kind of found their mojo or playing well and Patriots like, fall. I know, I, like you said, it's so far down the road, but in a playoff matchup against the Titans or the Chiefs, I'm taking the Titans or the Chiefs. Yeah, but you took the Bills. I did. I did. You're a douche. <laughs> well, I, now I realize, yeah, it's true. Now I re I'm never taking the Bills again. I'm off. Sean McDermott's done, like we said. They're, their team's done. Like They're, they're not even going to make the playoffs. They're going to lose the Bucks this week. Who knows what happens at Gillette, but I don't, I'm, I'm off the Bills bandwagon. 
Uh, I agree. And again, I would put McDermott on next year's hot seat list. I, I mean, you can't fire him this year, but I think he's on a very, not too, too far down the road, going to be a, a hot list candidate of most likely. Where are you with what I just answered? Like, I don't, I don't want to predict a month from now, but you said, you said they're a Super Bowl contender. They can still be a Super Bowl contender and lose in the division round, like I said. But do you see that playing out the way I said, or do you see them actually being able to win you know, a game or two? I mean, it depends on who they play and right. how the opponent is constituted at that time. But that's like, also kind of what I'm saying, too. If, he, if they play Zach Taylor and the Bengals on, on division round weekend or the wild card, pencil them in for a win. They'll, they'll win that matchup. Brendan Staley, same thing. But yeah, Rabel, Rabel, Harbaugh, um, who am I missing? Oh, Andy Reed. Reed. Yeah. Those, those guys, I they're they're not at the same level as Belichick, obviously, but they're in that next tier that that it doesn't really hinder them as much. Well, that gets us into something we talked about a few weeks ago. So, record wise, winning wise, they haven't just closed the gap. They've they've jumped to the front of the list, top of the pile, but. Talent-wise, what they are as a talented team of one to fifty-three, do you think they have elevated? Like, did we underrate their talent? Are they more talented than we thought entering the season? And have they closed the gap with whatever teams you deemed more talented back then? I don't think so. Like, I oh. think that like your best players are, are what they are. Like, I knew J.C. Jackson was good. Like, I. I knew what Damian Harris was. I think it's the Kendrick Bournes is a little better than I thought he was. Uh, Christian Barmore is a little better than I thought he was. So like your middle of the range roster is maybe better than I thought, but like your top tier players, they're kind of are what they thought they'd be. Like I kind of expected them to be carried by um, Matthew Judon, Adrian Phillips. Like I, we knew that. It's just right. the, those second tier players have elevated their games to make them are what they are. Yeah, I think they're a little bit better than I gave them credit for. I mean, it's hard for me because, like, you mocked me earlier, the John U. Smith thing. Like, he's not as – I thought he'd be a, an offensive playmaker. So, I have to – that's well, worse. Well, did catch your only pat – or one of two passes last night. Well, yeah, but – It was a great catch. It, it was, but, like, it's typical of him. Not a Off traditional, down. like, like bobble it, concentration, fall that like – it's, it's always something. It's always something when you throw in his direction. But, like, he's not as good as I expected. So, Bourne's better than I expected. Do those kind of just cross each other out and you yep. get to a level? Like, I thought they'd be able to run the ball. They can run the uh, – Ramondre Stevenson's better than I expected. He's yep. – But you also didn't expect James White to go down with the season-ending injury and Sony Michelle get traded. So, like, it kind of evens out there, too. Uh, yeah. So, they're probably talent-wise – about and I still think they're skating a little bit in the back end with the talent they're putting on the field um, regularly. That's what but, I mean. Like where the weather would be different. Like if you can spread out. Well, though, Dawson Knox, he stinks. He really does. Like the, they're these wild. guys. Remember Bill last week? He was asked about him. He's like, well, he just catches a lot of passes in the red zone. Like you know, a lot of right. he, he kind of gave the credit to those around him and not him as an actual tight end. And I think he was right. He stinks. He dropped at least two third down plays like key plays for, for Adrian Phillips. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he does. That's, that's what you always make fun of me. Everybody makes fun of me when I say like, I only trust my own eyeballs and like the eyeball test. That's a guy who for in my mind forever, kind of like Sean McDermott, Sean mm -hmm. McDermott, not a good game day coach. You won't convince me otherwise Dawson Knox. Nope. 
Not a great tight end, not as good as his numbers. You won't convince me otherwise. Comes up small when you need him to come up big kind of guy. Um, just get back to Stevenson. Could he be the best player on the offense? Yeah. I think he could be. Like, I mean, like, it's tough to say, like, how the lineman better than him. You know what I mean? I just – when I – and uh, somebody forgot to tell ESPN he doesn't weigh 250 anymore. He's admitted he weighs 227, but they just continue to go with nice narratives that make the story better for primetime TV. Yeah. Um, when I just look at the way he runs and the way he maximizes – like, anyone who ever told me Sony Michelle was good must think that, that Stevenson is Barry Sanders, Walter Payton combined. Because right. Sony Michelle got you whatever was blocked. Stevenson – is amazing. The yak. And I, I'm, I'm sure PFF can give me like all these grades and numbers on what he does after contact and this and that, but I just watch with my eyes and he's freaking phenomenal. I hope it's sustainable. I don't know what his durability will right. be because again, we're Damian Harris, another situation where he's not hurt, but he's not healthy either. It's kind of becoming a trend in his career that you mm -hmm. may just need to accept. Um, and that's another area where I haven't really seen Stevenson, I mean, he had the, the head injury, but right. uh, he looks like he's relatively durable so far. I think he might be their best offensive player and might be their best offensive player moving forward. Yeah, an argument can be made there. Obviously, like if you don't Matt, like it. You're not, you're not acknowledging the argument. You're just saying it could be made. Yeah, because it's hard. I, I didn't really give him much thought, but like, you think he's better than Mac Jones? Uh, yes. Okay. Right now. I don't, I mean, we'll see where Mac Jones goes. I just, to me, Ramondre Stevenson is closer to the best running back in football than Mac Jones is the best quarterback in football. Yeah, like if if they treated Stevenson like Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I know where you're going. Yeah, And he can catch the ball a little bit. Like yeah. I, I keep going back to like a Le'Veon Bell type or something like that. I just... I don't know. Maybe I'm too hyped up on the uh, Stevenson bandwagon, but I do like him. And he, he pretty articulate, smart kid, like seems to handle the press conferences and the podium. Well, well. That, that changed when, before he, cause he failed his conditioning test with the Patriots. Hey, we all make mistakes. It's about what you do with your second chances, what you do oh, moving forward. I agree. And I, what was it Matthew Slater that said like, he's never seen a rookie transform as much as him. Get better every single day, as much as Ramondre Stevenson or Mondre as yeah, Mondre my guy mondre um we could go on for days about this game but well let's go to one more actually a few more do you want to go positive or negative i'll let you choose your own adventure where this podcast goes right now uh, positive to start because i'm sure it'll turn negative somewhere in the discussion oh there's a definite negative uh nick folk you know you can make excuses oh he only kicked with the wind he only did x he only did i don't give a rat's ass when you need him to He's hit it through the uprights he does 33 for 33 for kicks under 50 this year. Yeah. And he hasn't missed since last year early in the season on those short kicks. And the other guy had the same kind of streak for them, except he misses. Right. So, well, that also brought me to like the, the difference in the two teams. Bass had was only was 15 for 15 under 40 yard, under 50 yards and folk was over 30. So it shows the Patriots are kicking more than the, the bills, which kind of speaks to the red zone struggles. That was just a thing. But you're right. He's making the kicks when he needs to. And the NFL kickers, they stink. And you have a guy that you can depend on. That's that's a definitely undervalued trait. And you have a guy that used to stink but doesn't stink anymore. Now, late in his career, doesn't stink. He used to stink. He used to be a journeyman jag backup out of football 
kicker, and now he's now arguably he's, one of the and he's teaching Bill Belichick things and even know about kicking. Right. And Matthew Slater about leadership and like all these things. And he it's funny because last night somebody asked him that. Might have been Reese. I don't know. Somebody asked him last night, like, you know, you were basically out of football, your career was almost over. And he looks like he 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 feels the question. And it almost looks like he wants to have an emotional answer, but he doesn't. He can't. Yeah. yeah. Like I think he is very much aware and appreciative of what's going on. Like, holy crap, I used to suck and I was out of the game. Now mm-hmm. I might, you know, I'm, I might be the best kicker on the best team. Mm-hmm. Like it's an amazing story, but forget all that. He's, I think what we need to do and what he is doing is just, no, nah, I just make my kicks. They, when they tell me to go out there, I just make my kicks. It's all I, that's all I do. And I told him, you know, had to be from the 10 yard line going one way and I could give him whatever you needed from the other. And now he's kicking off, which I don't totally understand that whole dynamic how that's come about either um i thought it was maybe injury related when bailey was dealing with and maybe it still is i don't i don't Uh, acorn gave some weird explanation to that a couple weeks ago when he was asked about it like it's the way that they plan to like folk has more height or something on the kicks well i wondered if it was the opposite and this week they wanted a lower because he said they we worked on it in practice this week so i wondered if it was like to drive it through the way that's what i meant folk has a lower kick than Bailey I, I don't know that might have been it but they've done it off and on a little bit for a while now um and both guys have dealt with with leg injuries so that could be no, that could be to your point you talked about Stevenson being the best offensive player there's a case to be made that folks a top five best player in the Patriots right and we used to mock them last year when we said Bailey and Folk were probably two of their best five players well now Folk is one of your best five but it's not mocking he's helping you get to Number one seed, first place. Okay, so let's go to the negative side of things. Why was Nikhil Harry back there on a punt? No freaking clue. And I'm not asking. I know the 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 simple answer is conditions. They've done it a million times over the years. Two returners for a weird kick. It gives you another guy ball. Yeah, but usually ball the other guy is like Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, uh, somebody that actually has hand, good hands. Hands, decision making, like. And, and I actually don't, I mean, it is Nikhil Harry's fault because he, you know, you're a professional, you make the, but he, I, you put him in a position to fail. Like, I don't know why he's correct. Right there. The kickoff I can see because he runs hard. If he catches the ball, runs with speed, like that's makes sense. Yes. But the punt, the majority of the punt return stuff is decision-making and, and he doesn't have to ever done it. And, and, and then conditions like that, like, Maybe, yes. maybe they want to do it, go into the game, and then when you get out there, Acord be like, Bill, we can't put this guy back here in this. Look at the wind. He's never done this before. And that, I mean, we know they spend a lot of time chatting with each other. At some point, somebody should have said, hey, Cam, you really think this is a good idea? Or, hey, Bill, you really think this is a good idea? Like, somebody needed to pull the cord on that. And maybe we can save this for a week. Like, And even if you were dead set, you had to have it, that, like, those, you know, had to have multiple guys back there. Shouldn't Jacoby Myers be the other guy? He already did it once. Yeah, he got tackled by the 40-yard line, but he's... But who can't... Like, he has in-game experience returning punts for multiple seasons in the National Football League. I don't think he's going to break one, but guess what? This isn't about breaking one. It's about the decision. I was going to say, they'd be better off having no no guys back there in a game last night. That's what I would have basically done, I think. Just take the whole... The the decision-making, the physical execution out of it. Let the ball bounce wherever it bounces, but... 
because you gave the Bills a touchdown there. And I, it's weird for me to be defending Nikhil Harry, but I think if you're going to say what's worse, the physical error or the coaching error, I think the coaching error is worse. No question. I think it's 60, 40 or so. Like, he still needs to be an athlete. I, I still don't know what's going Like, once you fall down, stumble, run as fast as you can towards the bench. Get the hell out of there. Not like whatever he was thinking or doing. That, and I'm still not sure he knew it bounced off his forehead. No, it's like he didn't either. really realize because then it's usually if you know it hits your head, now Dying you have your quick all hell bent to get the ball. He didn't react that way. So I'm not sure it was a glancing blow to his face mask, upper helmet. I'm not sure he ever knew it hit him, but that was that could have cost you the game. I mean, literally, if if Josh Allen hits who was it that was crossing? Whoever was crossing late in the game. Well, Diggs was crossing and the pressure didn't allow him to get it on the one before mm -hmm. that. But if he hits that touchdown pass there and they win 17-14, I blame that coaching decision for the, the entirety of the loss. The oh, Nikhil Harry coaching. That's what we've been talking about today is yep. what, what is Bill Belichick doing putting Nikhil Harry back in a game like that? So basically, one red zone stand allowed Belichick to go from dumbass to genius, right? Because he would have been a dumbass for putting Nikhil Harry back there, giving them a touchdown, costing his team the game. And, Instead, and, and they would have been criticized for only throwing the ball three times. Everybody was like, when you had the win, what were you doing at the end of the half? Like, blah, blah, right. blah. So, yes, it, it kind of does show how, like, one play here or there, wins and losses, change the narratives in such a, such a big way. Yep. You go from goat, little G, to goat, big G, and what it, you know, because Steve Burton, I don't know if you've heard, he thinks Bill's the greatest of all time. I saw that on the postgame show. Last night. He's got some breaking news there. No one's ever said that before, that Bill might be the greatest coach of all time. Really taking a leap there. <laughs> um, and okay, so finally, um, I don't know why Patriots fans are so worked up these days on Twitter and why they're so defensive and why they're micro analyzing tweets and takes. That's the other thing. Sometimes you tweet something out that is just like a fact or an observation and it's like quite a take here. I didn't intend that to be a take. I don't even think it is a take. Why are you getting all defensive over there in your take? And, and, and the circle jerks are out again, all the whoever they are, the media, half media, half whatever podcaster crew of dinks um, in, in the New England area are back in full force. They disappeared for a while when the team was struggling, but now they're emboldened by the winning streak. I just don't understand why you can't just enjoy your I team agree. being good. No, like, just, just enjoy it. Like, yeah, they're, they're exceeding expectations. They're the number one seed. Like, don't pick holes into – like, it used to be you would attack, like, the opposing uh, players and coaches, like, for, for things they've said and do. Now it seems like it's the media, the Patriots media that, that's right. sort of the, the target. And everybody said that, um, you know, McDerm Belichick's in McDermott's head, blah, blah, blah. Well, I guess all the local media is in the fans' heads. Like, they can't just enjoy their win. They have to go on Twitter and tell you why you're a douche because you picked the Bills or why your take was wrong or this. And, like, your team's good. It's number one seed, Super Bowl contender, ahead of schedule. You have a rookie quarterback who's winning potentially at an unprecedented level. Why are you spending even a half a second of your time getting dinky with media? Like, enjoy it. Love it. Live it. You led a year a year ago where it wasn't entertaining. It wasn't fun. You didn't have anything to enjoy. You should have been in more fights then because at least it would have been a pastime to distract you mm -hmm. from your team stinks. Just enjoy your team. But whatever. 
I like fans. The one thing I will say is they allow us to do our jobs and very passionate. Like it's, that makes this, this market fun to be part of. It's part of how it goes. And from our perspective, you know, it's the old Howard Stern. I don't care whether you listen to the podcast or read my tweets really to say good. Oh, that's a good point, Andy, or Andy, you're a dumbass. How could you possibly think that you're a more, if you're listening and bringing energy, because one guy called me, you know, I got into a Twitter thread where I said something to, oh, the, the play clock thing. The play clock thing, the Bills got screwed. It was not delay a game. Nope. And I, I, I actually, I've seen calls this year that it's like a full second after it hits zero before they throw the flag. This was zero correct. flag. And I don't actually even blame the refs. It would All it would take, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong here, go call the head equipment buyer guy for the NBA and say, hey, you guys have those shot clock things that when it gets down to zero, there's a decimal point. Uh, where'd you guys order those from? Can you Could you see if we could get, let me see, I have 32 stadiums, at least two. In, I need like at least 64 of those. Could you sh- send those out? Problem solved. Problem solved, right? Put a light on the freaking goalpost if you want. Like, Just like the back. All the difference, yeah. Like, why are we leaving it up to this interpretation of when when is it really zero or when is it not quite yet zero? And I hear refs say, well, like the mechanics are, you, the guy looks at the clock. Then looks at the ball. That's what John Perry said. And that's basically the one Mississippi difference between the two. And then he caught, like, that was the fastest one I've ever seen. And, but I got into a fight, not a fight, a guy back and forth and somebody else chimes in. Heart's a dick. Don't worry about it or something. And I, I just said like, hey, something. the guy was like, hey, I actually love you. I, I don't know why you're not on the radio more. You're, and I go, oh, to be fair, I am a dick too. And he's like, I know, this is what we do in sports. I'm a dick. You're a dick. We, and if you can take that mentality, I'm all for it. If we can just have a sports fight, Back you're a moron. Like, like you and I earlier, you're a dick. You think Tom Brady would have wanted to throw the ball 30 times last night. Right. I think Tom Brady would have been fine with like eight or 10 passes and a win. So we can argue like that, think each other's a moron, and then just move along. Correct. If there was more of that, I think Twitter would be a phenomenal place. But that's too not many ever going to happen. Sorry. No. And it's too many of the circle jerk trolls that just, I don't even know what their point is other than to get attention and to be contrarians or, I don't know, be dinks. But anyway, Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. So that's, hey, are we going to the Super Bowl if Patriots go to the Super Bowl? Probably. Yeah, we got a probably there. <laughs> I mean, nothing is definitive in these times, but I would say probably. Thanks Why? to our friends at McFarland, maybe? Maybe. Why? You're already getting ready to book your uh, weekend in LA? It's getting less ridiculous by the day. I like, know. we, I started mocking it a few weeks ago, and like football outsiders, oh, the Patriots have a 25% chance. I'd hate to see what they have it now because it better have gone up because they now are more suited to go to the Super They could have a bye. The most important thing in all of sports all I have to do is win two playoff games right at home at home at Gillette Stadium so you may you know welcome somebody who doesn't know your conditions in your home field so yeah I mean I, I think we should start thinking about how we're getting to the Super Bowl okay all right uh are we are we definitely you're supposed to play in these things I feel like you're brushing me off here well because by week first maybe during the bye week that's when we start thinking about these bigger picture things I know Bill says to take it one game at a time, but we can't wait till the AFC title game is over before we decide if we're going to the Super Bowl. Can we? No, we can't. Okay. Cannot. So yes, that'll be uh, on on the agendas of the higher ups this week on their desks. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, we do. We're doing a podcast later this week. 
Of course. I mean, there'll be news information. We have some access this week and, you know, injuries. We probably get a better idea of the effort to get some guests. Uh, I think we should. Big I don't know those... Yeah. What is this 199 right now? This is 199. Oh yeah. For our 200th, my idea, and I'm not going to hide it. My idea. We've never did it, done a, uh, I don't know, four-way match or whatever you want to call it. I think we should effort to get both Paul Perillo and Mike Giardi, friends of the show, and have a nice big old bi-week fun fest. How good are the Patriots? Paul can tell me they stink. They're not as good as their record says they are. Giardi can talk about Garoppolo or whatever he wants to do. He uh, Patriots would be, uh, you know, have two more wins if Garoppolo were the quarterback. Mac lost him a couple. Like, well, you know, we can have a little fun with it. All right, we'll, we'll try to effort that to make it happen. Well, that means you. Make it happen. All right. Gonna, actually, I, I, I'll take care of that. You take care of the Super Bowl. I'll take care of the podcast. Seems like right. a fair shake. Uh, enjoy the win. Feel good about your football team. Even coming out of the bye, you'll still be in first place. So you can say you're in first place in the AFC for at least two weeks. Is that true? Yes. No matter have, what? Yeah, because they have the tiebreakers. It's conference record. They're, they have one loss in the conference. Yeah. See, it, it pays off when you lose to, like, the Cowboys and the Bucks. Sure, and it the does. It does. Just take care of business against teams you need to. You're in first place. And go undefeated on the road. That's another thing. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you later in the week. Peace out.